Proverbs chapter 24, Proverbs chapter 24, it's been about a little over a month ago, and the Lord spoke to my heart about this particular subject, and uh, um, wasn't necessarily uh, in my heart planning to ever preach it. It's just for me and, and uh, um, some people that I had been uh, talking with personally. And, but the Lord, as, uh, as he began to uh, make this clear to me, uh, made it abundantly clear that this was something that uh, he wanted to, to be said. And so I'm glad to uh, be used of the Lord, even though, like most of you, I always feel very inadequate to do so. And, uh, um, but uh, I believe the Lord's given this to me tonight. Let's read verses 30 through 34, verses 30 through 34. The Bible says, I went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. I want to turn your attention to verse number 31. It says, And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. It doesn't take a genius to look at the fabric of our country and to realize one thing. And it's that the fabric of our country has always been the American Christian home. That's been the strength of our country. And the devil has done his very best to attack and to leave fields of desolation of exactly what I just read. The broken down stone wall that's covered in nettles and thorns. And tonight I want to bring you this message, Stonewall Christians. Stonewall Christians. And how we need more of those in our church today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Lord, I pray that you would use me in spite of me this evening to preach your message. Lord, you, you know my heart and, and you know what uh, you've given me in regards to uh, my study in this and where I fall short in this section. But Lord, I pray that through this message, through the preaching of your word, Lord, that, that more dads, that more moms would decide to be stonewall Christians. Lord, there are too many broken wall Christians. And Lord, I pray that you would allow me to say only what I should say this evening and nothing more, nothing less, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Stonewall Christians, Stonewall Christians. I was reading this verse and, and, uh, and, and it really hadn't ever occurred to me in this way before. And, and like many of you, I've grown up in church my whole life and, and I've grown up reading a chapter of Proverbs each and every day and have no doubt glanced over this passage of scripture many, many times before. But this time, it just happened to sit a little bit different as I began to read. I read verse number 30. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. 
And I've been trying to, even in my own study, try to pay a little bit better attention to what God calls something. To what, to what God identifies somebody as. You know, we, we live in a, in a country and in a world where everybody wants to identify as all these different things outside of the realm of what God would have us identify as. But one thing is certainly true regardless of what anybody wants to identify as is God will identify us as what we truly are. And God could identify you either as a stone wall or a broken stone wall this evening. I look through, and, and, and in my own life and in my own pride, I don't, I don't ever want to be accused of being a person that's a slothful person. And when I, when I passed through these scriptures, I said, well, here is the slothful man. What am I looking at to make sure that I never get to that point? What is this person that is void of understanding? And yes, I, I will stand up here and make fun of myself and those particular things, but I don't want to be a man void of understanding. I don't. I want to have as much understanding as God would allow me to have. But here in verse number 30, it tells us, it says, I went by the field of the slothful, the slothful man's field. And this man was void of understanding, and by the vineyard, the man void of understanding. And what did he see? What did he see there? It says, and lo, it was all grown over with thorns. And nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. And I just happened, to, I had to pause. Say, Lord, is my stone wall broken? Is my stone wall desolate in the field? Does it look like some of the runes to which I've, I, I've seen in, in other uh, countries, the runes of which you pass by in, 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 in old construction zones? Does it look like that? Or does it look like the stone wall that you've called me to be in my home? Lord, am I the slothful man? Lord, am I the man that's void of understanding? Lord, have, have I let these little things creep in and, and thereby I'm now covered by the nettles and the thorns and the weeds that are there? Have I, have I fallen into the devil's trap of being a broken wall, Christian? And I said this prayer to myself, said, Lord, help me to be the stone wall daddy that I need to be. And through that, I, I hope to, to share that with you this evening. It's, it's, it's very obvious that the devil is on the move against our homes. And he knows that if he continue, that he can continue to tear it down, the stone walls in the home, if he can continue to, to, to tear down mom and dad who make that stone wall in the home, that he can push us further and further and further away from the Lord. And that's what he goes after. It's honestly, it's been the devil's game plan to infiltrate the home since literally the beginning of time. He did it in the garden. He did it after the garden. And he's still doing it today. And why is he so, so if I set on destroying the home, we know that when the home is strong and when the home has that stone wall that's built up around it and when that, that stone wall is being that Christian that God would have them to be, that that home can do great and marvelous things for the Lord. And that when many homes get together to make the church home, 
The church home can do great and marvelous things for the Lord. So the devil tries to attack it. He knows it's something that's created by God to do his work. And thereby he stops at nothing to get inside of it. He stops at nothing to tear it down. He knows that if he can tear down the stone wall in the home, he has a great chance at getting the children in that home to turn away from him. See, somewhere along the way, we've, we've lost sight and, and, and we don't realize that Satan literally hates our children. There's not a child in here that Satan looks at and says, I love that child. There's not a person in here. And yet, we let the devil infiltrate that, that stone wall that we have and we let, it, let him turn it into nothing but runes and then we wonder, what happened to my child? What happens to my children? The devil knows that. A broken down stone wall will cause destruction in the home. It will cause dissension between husband and wife. It causes issues even in the church home. A broken down stone wall will even go as far as causing destruction in the church house. So many of us think, uh, I don't know what you see, Brother Nate, but you know nobody ever notices my stone wall. We'll wait until it crumbles. Then maybe you'll see just the influence that you've had. Tonight I'm doing things just a little bit different. Normally I have a very short introduction and a few points and then have a long last, last point. This evening, it's kind of backwards for me. I have a very long introduction, and eventually we'll get to some points, okay? I know Bo's sitting down here nervous. He thinks I'm going to mention something about him being available to date, and, uh, but I won't. And, uh, and so, it's okay, Bo. Smile. And, uh, but the devil will stop at nothing to get into our homes. And he says, he says, And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles, had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. And I have, this, I have a, just a couple questions by way of introduction. I just have just a couple questions. And I know tonight, anytime the preacher or the person preaching uh, mentions the home, all of our guards immediately go up. And that's funny to me because that's the thing we should most be excited to hear about. Because through that, making our homes stronger in order to make our church homes stronger. We just have a couple questions that for us to consider as I'm preaching this tonight. If our homes are our vineyards, so to speak, and God has given us that stone wall to protect it, what are you willing to do for it? Dads, moms, you sit right there by your children. Could I, could I ask you to just glance over to them and look at them for just a second and think to yourself, what are you willing to do for them? You're all looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, Brother Nate, you know the answer. I'm willing to do anything for them. Then how come so many broken down walls? How come so many walls covered in the thorns and in the nettles.
are we really willing to do what's necessary to be a stone wall? See, eventually what I'm getting at tonight is that it's, it's kind of hard to be that stone wall. It's not easy. But what I tell you, what, what is easy is to be that broken down wall. That's pretty easy. What are you willing to do for it? Are you willing to keep it clean? Are you willing to keep it holy? Are you willing to keep it wholesome? What are these things that you're simply willing to do? If I went around to each and every parent in this room, no doubt each and every one of you, if I started over, he, over here with Brother Heath and ended over here with you, Miss Leslie, and, uh, and I mentioned every single one of you, those that are sitting with your kids, and I said, what are you willing to do for your kids that are sitting right next to you? You would say, Brother Nate, I would do anything for them. And I'm going to ask you tonight, Mom and Dad, are you willing to come together to be that stone wall? And say, I'm going to put my kids in this vineyard behind this stone wall, and I'm not going to let the devil infiltrate this stone wall. I'm not going to lie in runes and let my children see me lie in runes. I'm not going to do it. See, where, where does it start? Where does this destruction begin? And, and, and really the gist of my message that I'll eventually get to is how to be that stone wall. But by way of introduction, I, I'm just asking, where are they? Why are there so many that are broken down? Why, why is it so easy for this man to walk by and to see the broken down wall? Why is it so easy that we can no doubt look around and, and all of us know people and all of us uh, have maybe even been around them personally? Maybe they're even somebody in our own home. How can we all know these people that are simply broken down walls? How is it if we're willing to do anything? Say, Brother Nate, are you calling me a liar? I'm not. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you want to do anything possible for your children. I just believe there's a lot of us who simply are maybe slothful and are void of understanding. Say, Brother Nate, that's kind of rude. I know. I thought the same thing when I read it. But what are we willing to do to be that stone wall? Are we willing to keep it clean? See, there's one thing about thorns and weeds and those particular things. And, and uh, um, I've always thought the best way to keep a flower bed weed-free, Brother John, is to pick them when there's just a few. Now, he asked, do I do that? I do not. Don't look at the front of my house. It's covered in leaves, actually. But I know what you think. And, and, and we think that in regards to our flower beds and our gardens. And you say, ah, it's okay. I'm just going to let those weeds grow. I'm going to not worry about it. And, and uh, um, eventually, I'm just going to come up, and I'm just going to spray it all with Roundup and kill it all at one time. That may, that may work in a garden, garden setting that you're probably going to kill something you don't want to. 
doesn't work very well spiritually. See, this man was void of understanding. He was slothful. Every time pieces of the wall crumbled, he probably thought, I'll fix it tomorrow. Every time he saw a new vine grow up on the wall, he thought, I'll pull it down tomorrow. When there was no safety left in the vineyard, because the wall was broken down, he thought, I'll rebuild it tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'll pick up that one piece of stone and cover that hole but that's going to have to be later. See, it's void of understanding. Can't remember if I mentioned it last time I preached. And um, I actually think that this is the starting point for why this verse stuck out to me so much. We were in one of our basketball games at halftime, and Brother Heath was giving an impassioned speech. So this message tonight is Brother Heath's fault. And he just said something that I just could not get away from. And as a competitor, it stuck with me. And it simply boiled down to the boys were winning. It was a game we knew we were going to win. But he said, and he said it like this. He goes, Miss Deborah's in the concession stand working so that we can have great food at our games. I'm paraphrasing. Church members have come and sat in the stands. And and our guys weren't quite playing as impassioned as we would have liked them to. He said, you'll never get this game again. You'll never get this half of basketball back again. You'll never get to play this team this night again. Not going to happen. As someone who likes athletics and likes to compete, there's several of those moments that I would give anything to, to have it back. To have that one quarterback. Just, just give me that, that one half a basketball lap back. It, I, it, I could change the outcome if I just had that back. And that stuck with me, Brother Heath. Because then I thought about my life. And me like the, this is what you're supposed to say, hashtag girl dad <laughs> that I... And uh, dad to girls that I am, um, I think that night I was just laying in bed and all of a sudden I was, found myself watching old videos on my phone of the girls. And then it wasn't literally, but just a few days later, I was reading this passage and I thought, I became a dad in 2010. I'll never get 2010 back. I'll never get 2011 back. It's gone, Brother Jim. 
I never get it back. Got married in 2007. I'll never get 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. We don't want 20 back anyways. And uh, I'll never get that back. I can't go back. Pastor, I can't go back to 2013 and be a good dad in 2013. And, and I'm telling you, it hit me like a ton of bricks. thought, was I a good dad in 2013? Hope I was. My girls would say I was. They always try to pick me up. Was I a good Christian in 2015? I'll never get that chance again. And I was talking to someone who would admit, admit that their walls crumbled. But it stuck with me just the same. I only get one chance for this day to be the day that I start rebuilding. If I start tomorrow, I didn't start rebuilding today. I'll never get that chance again. There's only one March 7th, 2021. Now I know most messages you hear is that God is full of grace and he is. And that God is long suffering and he is. And that God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and so on and so forth. And he is. I said in my Sunday school class this morning, I don't have to do it wrong to get it right. But I'll never again have the chance to be the Christian I'm supposed to be on this day again. It doesn't happen. And that's exactly what that slothful man did. No, no doubt he looked at it and said, I certainly have tomorrow. I'll make it good tomorrow. I'll certainly have next week. I'll make it good next week. Well, can I tell you this, mom and dad, that you might not have tomorrow to make it good. You might not have next week to make it good. You might not have next year to make it good. It would be good to make it good today for the sake of your kids. You might not have it tomorrow. Whatever's going on in your home to infiltrate that vineyard and to ruin what's there, it might happen today. You only have one chance to make it good today. I asked the question earlier, are we willing to make it good for our kids? And all of you are, yeah, of course, brother. Are you willing to make it good today? For them. We must consider that our time is short. And then look at verse number 32. It says, Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it, and what does your Bible say there? And received instruction. And received instruction. 
Say, okay, but then I'm on the same page. We're going to make it good today. It's going to be today that I start building that wall. How am I supposed to do it? I'm glad you asked. How am I supposed to do it? I have two points tonight. You say, amen, but then it's already 5.50. And uh, I got a lot of sub points, though, so don't get too excited. The first part of building that wall is the stone wall's foundation. It's the stone wall's foundation. Brother Heath didn't know what I was preaching tonight, but we actually sung some songs about foundation. And I was sitting there over there thinking, thank you, Lord, for confirming in me and, and, and giving us the songs tonight. But the stone wall foundation... The Bible says in Psalms 11, verse 3, it says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Without a proper foundation, we can't build anything. It's just not possible. In engineering, Brother Breland, a foundation is the element of a structure which connects it to the ground and transfers, transfers loads from the structure to the ground. That's what a foundation is. And the only way that we're going to be that stone wall that we need to be for our family is to make sure that our foundation is the right foundation. I'm going to help you with that tonight the best that I can through God's word. The first thing that we have to do in our foundation is this. We have to clear the rubbish. We have to clear the rubbish. Nehemiah 4.10 says, And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish. Then it says, So that we are not able to build the wall. We aren't able to build the wall. The first way to get started and being that stone wall that you're supposed to be for your family is to first realize what you need in regards to your foundation and get ready to clear the rubbish, to clear it out. You know, uh, so many of us think that, that we can hold on to the things that have broken us down before and build a solid foundation. Can I tell you, you've only built your foundation with rubbish inside. And eventually, that's going to be the breaking point of that stone wall again. And you're going to start right back where you were. That clearing the rubbish is, is really a sign of true repentance, of turning away from one thing and turning to the clean thing. You know, rubbish will stop the wall from ever getting, getting built back up. But many of us act, we think, you know what? It's okay, I can keep it there. It's just there as a reminder for me of what I once was. No. Brother Jim, that don't work. It doesn't work. You have to clear it out of that foundation. You know, sometimes, because sin goes deep, we have to dig deep. We have to ask God, Lord, <laughs> dig deep, stir it up. Lord, show it to me. I know it's there so that I can clear it out. So that I can start to build the foundation of the wall. You know, when we keep rubbish around, it eventually decays. But it doesn't decay itself. It normally ends up decaying our families. Just ask Achan. Achan. 
who tried to keep that rubbish underneath his tent. It eventually came for him. It eventually came for him. And you know what? One thing about rubbish, you know, it's always dirty. But yet we still want to touch it. We still want to, to play with it. We still want to get involved with it. But it does nothing but destroy. And it, it'll cost us. We can't build a proper foundation without first clearing the rubbish. You know, one thing about construction, and tonight I'm going to take you through some of those things, is that, um, and I, was, I was mentioning this to somebody, uh, you know, every now and then you'll pass by a fence and, and construction will be starting and it'll kind of be like I-12 I near Hammond, just always in construction. I don't know if they're ever actually doing any work there. They're just, just cones up. And, uh, but sometimes you'll pass by, by a, a construction zone and you'll think, what is going on there? It's been like this forever. And all you ever see them is just moving dirt and moving dirt and moving dirt. That might not happen as, as much down here, but um, as when I was working in construction uh, up in Nebraska, uh, you know, they, they have, uh, they're, they're far above sea level than we are. And a lot of times when they're going to build things, they'll, they'll, they're really uh, excavating down and, and they're making sure that there's no rubbish there. And, and a lot of times what they'll do is, is someone like how I used to do before I was working for the ready mix company. I, I was that, that pesterer that went out and uh, told people that they were doing it wrong and uh, uh, worked for the engineer's office and, and we did testing, we did concrete testing and we went and inspected rebar and we inspected dirt and, and you would actually take this nuclear gauge and what this nuclear gauge was is uh, you would pound down into the ground and, uh, um, and then put the, the nuclear gauge on top of it and, and then what this nuclear gauge does is it reads it and it reads the density of it and it reads the moisture of the dirt and all these different things and uh, why, why would they take so much time to do these things well they have to make sure the foundation's right and 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 you see this project and it seems like it's not going anywhere and, and they they have a 15 foot hole and you say well can't they just put 15 foot of dirt back in there and call it good and build the foundation no, i can't do that they go lift by lift by lift and each lift they go through and they compact it to make sure that it's firm, right? That song that we just sang, how firm our foundation. They go through with a, with, a, with a sheep foot and goes through and it compacts it good. They make sure that they're using the right materials. And it goes lift by lift by lift by lift. It's tedious. I'm sure it's not fun for most people. And it's certainly not, not fun when someone like I used to be goes out there and, and, and reads it and says, it's not right. You have to dig it up. Saying, oh man, they just did all that work. Now you know why construction takes so long. <laughs> you, have to, you have to rip it again and, and, and make sure you're adding the right uh, materials into it in order to get that foundation just exactly where it needs to go. And they do that lift by lift by lift in order to achieve what? A firm foundation. You say, well, can't you just pass it? What if, what if it just has a, a big moisture spot? And, and, well, and I think we do that in our own life sometimes. You say, I can just skip over that part. And then what happens? That's exactly where that stone wall begins to sink. 
That's exactly where that first crack comes up in the wall. All because we didn't take the right time to make sure that our foundation was right. Not only do we have to clear the rubbish, we have to compact it. We have to to concrete it, so to speak. A wall is only as solid as as its foundation is. I'll read it for you for sake of time. Luke chapter six, verse 47 says, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently, I can't say that word, so I'm gonna have to say that word twice, upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth. See there, God is giving us the starting point of us building that stone wall for us. Give you an interesting fact. If tonight we had a project and we were going to build a wall that was 100 foot in diameter, which on the outside of that wall, if the wall was a foot deep, would be 314 foot, right? Because of 100 times pi, 3.14. And um, so fairly decent sized wall. In order for us to properly build that wall, we would more than likely need a footing that would hold 2 million pounds of concrete. Two million pounds of concrete. You know how much the wall would be? About a million pounds. So 66% of the strength of that wall would be in its foundation. See, that's how important it is to make sure that our foundation is the right foundation, to make sure that, that we've cleared the rubbish and we've got it ready for Jesus. Because, by the way, Jesus, who is clean, isn't going to be the foundation in a place that is unclean. It's not possible. It's just not possible. In order for us to build on that foundation, which is the rock and, and Jesus Christ, it has to be clean. But it's there to hold up that weight of that wall. See, you can't just go out here to the football field and say, well, we're just going to build a wall, Brother John. Let's put plywood on both sides, 20 feet tall. We'll pour concrete in it and then strip the forms and see what happens. You know what's going to happen? It's going to fall over. And it'll be the broken down wall. You can't do it that way. Just like it took time for that wall to decay, for that wall to get the nettles and the thorns. Can I tell you this night, if if you're in that field of destruction, I want you to start building today. But it's gonna take some time too. It's gonna take a lot of work. Clearing that rubbish takes a long time. In that construction, it might be a a, a while in the dirt work. As things are continuing to come to surface. And when it does come to surface, it'd be good to get rid of it then. 
But then we put that concrete foundation in and start building upon that rock. Bible says in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, it says, therefore thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, says this, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. That's how, that's how our foundation is supposed to be. That's who our foundation is supposed to be on. It's supposed to be on that precious stone, Jesus. And then I'm hurrying, I promise. Number two, not just the stone wall's foundation, but the stone wall's structure. Stone wall's structure. Turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter two. Just hold your place there. mentioned earlier, I want to be that stone wall that I'm supposed to be. And we've understood what, what brings it to decay. And now we know exactly where we're going to build it upon. We're going to clear that rubbish. Uh, we're going to make sure our, 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 our foundation is right. We're going to make sure that the, that the ground is firm. We're going to make sure that, that, that we've taken our time and there's, there's no soft spots. There's no spots that we've left to chance. Uh, we, we, we have, uh, we're working on that. And then we, we, we put the concrete in the ground. It's reinforced. Let me get to this. I'm going to read you a verse out of chapter 18 and then hold your place there in chapter 2. and We'll get to it in just a second. I want to bring this all together. I almost named this message tonight Stonewall Dads. But then I realized that it's not just the dads tonight. Plus, I didn't want to leave you ladies out. You need preaching that too. Sorry. And, uh, but it, it, it'll come to light here in just a second. Genesis chapter 18, verse 18 and 19 says, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed for him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may be, bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. We're talking about this wall structure. And the, and the home, this wall structure is going to be mom and dad. It's going to be mom and dad. Just read from Genesis chapter 18. This is talking about Abraham. And this is God speaking about Abraham, saying, Abraham will surely become great in a mighty nation. And, and it says, For I know him, that he will command his children, and that his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. There's two main elements in a stone concrete wall. The first is concrete, it's going to be the dad. And then the second is reinforcement. See, there's a lot of steel in a stone wall. There's a lot of reinforcement in a stone wall. I'm going to read this to you, and then we're going to come back around to uh, bringing this together in, in closing. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I'll make him and help meet for him. We know that verse. Then verse number 24, read, read, we recite this a lot at weddings. It says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Here we go. And they shall be one, what? Flesh. Could I use that tonight 
and say, and they shall be one wall. And they shall be one wall. You know, it's interesting what each of these particular materials do for the structure of a wall. I know we look at it, we see the concrete, and we think, wow, that's, that's, a, that's a strong, sturdy concrete wall. Sure to protect against anything. That's why they use it for that. But behind that concrete, in the middle of that concrete, is a ton of steel that is reinforcing it. There's two particular types of strength. I don't want to get technical. If my dad was here, he would amen. He loves this stuff. There's compressive strength, and then there's tensile strength. The concrete provides the compressive strength of a wall. Whereas the, the steel provides the tensile strength. Say, what does that mean? Glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. The compressive strength helps resist being pushed together. Compressive strength helps resist it getting crushed. But listen to me, moms, even dads allowing your wife to be your helpmeet, tensile strength helps it from being pulled apart. Helps it from being pulled apart. If you had a concrete wall without any sort of reinforcement in it and you got a crack in that wall, that wall has failed, never to be recovered. There's no backup. It's going to start pulling apart. And eventually you're going to have gaping holes in it. That is exactly how it's supposed to be in our family. God has given us this plan to be a stone wall for our family. Dads, he's called you to be the concrete. He's called you to be that stone that solid rock in the home. The one willing to lead his home. Not succumbing to the pressures of the world that the devil puts on us and says, I'm gonna make you crack. See, the devil knows exactly the pressure point. In fact, guys, you have that video? Let me show you a quick video. This is a testing of the compressive strength of concrete. This is at my lab in Nebraska before we moved here. This machine is trying to... You just heard it. There it goes. There it goes. And you see it, and it says that the stress at break was 6,570 PSI. It's testing that concrete. The spec of that was only supposed to be 4,000. So we passed. But I read that, and I just had that thought yesterday, and I wasn't planning on showing that video. I thought, you know what? The devil knows exactly the pressure he needs to apply. Can I tell you what's not in that concrete cylinder? 
reinforcement. <laughs> many, many of us that have had to make uh, concrete mixes and stuff, wish we, we could test concrete with a few pieces of rebar in the middle. That'd be great. You'd always pass. There's no reinforcement. Eventually it crushes. Eventually it gives in to the bending. Eventually it gives in to the compressive strength. Eventually it crumbles. I wonder how many of us would be so bold to admit to ourselves I've been lacking in the strength of that stone wall. If I can go all the way back to the beginning, that man void of understanding, the sluggard whose walls were broken down, no doubt his vineyards destroyed. This precious thing that he once had. I wonder if there was ever a point in his life that he sat back and looked at the destruction in this field and thought, why did I never rebuild? He saw the fruit of his vine. Why did I let it get destroyed? Maybe I'm lucky tonight. I have young children. I know many of you have older children. Can I be honest? I don't want to sit back one day and examine my vineyard and say, why did I let it be destroyed? Why did I let the nettles grow? Why did I let the thorns come up and take what was most precious to me? I want to see it now. I want to tend to it now. Why? Because I don't have that much time. And God has called me and my wife Together, to be one flesh, one wall, concrete and reinforcement, to be that protection that only a wall can provide. You say, no, Brother Nate, I live in this, uh, you know, just, I'm going to let my kids do whatever I want them to do. Great, you do that, because they will. Say, well, I'm going to live in a wall-free society. Good luck with that. No, you better put up that wall. And you better keep that wall as sturdy as it can possibly be. And when the cracks start to show, that's when God's grace is sufficient if we rely on it and comes through with, 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 with mortar or whatever it may be to fix that wall. Say, Brother Nate, the cracks will still there. yeah. But then I have God's grace in that. Problem is, is most of us never want to come down here 
and start clearing that rubbish. And start pouring those millions of pounds of concrete into the foundation. Foundation is reinforced too. It's amazing, just big heavy steel that they put in there. Because we look at it and say, I want the finished work. I want that wall. But not willing to come down and clear the rubbish. Say, I'll do it next service. I'll do it. I'll do it when I just, when I'm, when I'm more spiritually ready. (laughs) That always makes me laugh. I'm not picking on anybody, I promise. You'll say, well, I'll, I'll start working on that when I'm spiritually ready. You're not going to be spiritually ready until you fix the problem. God has called us as parents. See, the Lord saw it good to give me a good wife who's to help me. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. I found a good thing, amen? And I understand that in your situation, maybe you have to be that single parent and can I tell you in that, that if, that if you try to be that stone wall, God's grace will be sufficient for you. But for those of us that, that have that, don't give it up. Don't be the, that once was Christian. You know those guys? Man, that guy was once a great Christian. That guy was once on fire for the Lord. That teenager was once so close to being used by God. But his parents said, we don't want to keep things from them. And and therefore, they let a piece of their stone wall down and the world infiltrated their vineyard. And that once was teenager is now once is no longer in church teenager. I'm just being real with you. It happens just like that. I was looking at those videos of my girls and I said, where does time go? How is that possible? Why aren't the twins little babies no more? They were great babies. They were actually pretty obedient babies for the most part. No, they're not. No, I'm just playing. Where does that go? We always think. I think it's our humanity. We always think we have more time. Until humanity slaps us in the face. Like it did in our church in January. And said, do you really have that much time? Do you really have that much time? See, Brother, Brother Nate, I, I'm, I'm young, my family's young, and, and uh, I have time to build that wall. Are you sure about that? The longer you wait to protect that vineyard, the longer you wait to be a stone wall daddy or a stone wall mama, is one extra day that the devil comes into your vineyard. And plants one of those awful weeds 
of dissension. Plants a weed of the world. Worldly philosophy. And it springs up. And then all of a sudden, we're battling it from the outside. And we're battling it from from the inside. I don't want to take up any more time. I just want to ask you. Are you willing? I asked you before. What are you willing to do for your kids? What are you willing to do for your family? Husband, what are you willing to do for your wife? Wife, what are you willing to do for your husband? If all you do is try to tear down each other, you're not going to be that wall. And you think you hide it well, they don't, you don't. Eventually those cracks get revealed and the wall starts to crumble. Be that stone wall today. We're going to go to invitation time here in just a second. It's very simply this. It's not even hyperbole. You'll never get the opportunity on March the 7th, 2021, to come down and start clearing the rubbish. You won't get that chance again. Not on this day. Now, you might get it again on Wednesday and maybe Sunday. But then again, you might not. We teach the guys to play every game for, the next, for, for, for this game. We also teach them to play every day for that day. Don't win today. Don't win this day. I'm not going to wait any longer. Lord, thank you so much for everything you do for